Pulling on one string, the alignment of executives and non-executives in the boardroom. Much has been written about the roles of executives and non-executives on boards, and mostly from a pure governance perspective. What is often missing is the clarity and the practical relevance. Alignment comes before effectiveness. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Ken Schütz. Ken presents a model that can help boards to think about the roles of executives and non-executives and how they can align. We talk about where things go wrong and what good looks like. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Ken, fantastic to have you on the Better Boards podcast series. Thank you for having me. We are talking about the alignment between executives and non-executives on boards. How do you view the roles of executives and non-executives? How do they differ? Well, I think you start out with understanding that they're unique and they're complementary, that we have to have roles for both. And that's not something historically we've had when we talk about governance, when we talk about boards. We've mostly been speaking to the board. So in my perspective, the board has three roles, that is, to direct the organization, to protect the organization, and to enable the work of the organization. Obviously, we have to define those. So to direct the organization means to identify the what to be accomplished. That is, who's to be served, what's to be served to them, and ideals that to be maintained as they do that. So the executive understands what's to be accomplished, who's to be served, and as they do this, what ideals should they should maintain. To protect is to put operational boundaries in place, not to tell the executive how to do their job, but to put boundaries in place so that those boundaries, as they create a management tools, will actually keep them and the organization safe. And finally, to enable. To enable the organization is to use all their spheres of influence, they, the board members, all their spheres of influence to make visible the work of the organization. And as they make that visible, to be listening for the talents and resources that those that they speak with have and how those talents and resources might help this organization, the organization of which they're a board member, actually accomplish their work. Sometimes that's influence and sometimes that's relationships. Sometimes that's new clients. Who knows what that is? But it's the board's role to use that. So the executive's role on the other side are to lead, to manage, and to accomplish. To lead is to think about understanding what the board has directed them to do and to now build three to five-year plans and the budgets that support those to accomplish this work. What's it going to take to do that? What's operationally, what is it going to take to do that? The second role is to manage. In modern leadership, we understand there's a difference between leading and managing, but often we don't compare and contrast those. So now we say that the board's role is both to lead, think about the future, and to manage in the now, create all the policies and procedures, operational policies and procedures that are required to actually get the work done, 
to guide the work of the staff, to guide the work of volunteers if there are volunteers, and to make sure that the work is done. And finally, to accomplish. It is their job to accomplish the work of the organization. So, and these have to be, of course, aligned. They have to work together. Explain more about this. How sports really achieve this alignment between the roles of an executive and non-executive? Well, in your mind's eye, think about these two sets of roles besides one another, three sets of roles. You could now think about them horizontally, about uh, what I call ordered pairs of influence. Both of these players, if you will, the board and the executive, the executive and the non-executive directors, that they both have unique roles, but they are aligned in such that, think about the top one, about directing and leading, that those are both thinking about the future. Frankly, historically, we've seen boards that actually start to compete for who holds the future. There shouldn't be any competition here. They're complementary. The board holds thinking strategically about what's to be accomplished and how that's changing over time. The executive thinks about how they're going to accomplish that and how that's changing over time. So both think strategically. They're aligned. They don't have to compete for that. Where do things go wrong? Maybe we've both seen boards where things go terribly wrong, Ken. Maybe give one or two practical examples where you've seen that this has gone wrong. Uh, Specifically in this direction and uh, leadership area, is that what you're thinking? Yes, particularly when we look at this pair. Yeah. In this pair, we get to that point where historically people come in in these roles and they have predetermined, here's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be owning the future of this. And so the board member actually takes on uh, not just thinking about strategically what's to be accomplished, but they end up moving over into the how. I was talking with a pair of the chair of the board and an executive in the last week And a particular challenge had come up in terms of office space. And immediately the board member went into planning how they were going to change office space, you know, what needed to be done. And were very well intentioned, but they had moved over into uh, the space of the executive. And the executive privately talked about how they confused them, but they didn't have this framework to know that really that they, in a very well-intentioned way, had moved into the wrong place. Okay, let's move on to the second one, to the second pair. Yeah, the second pair is about the day-to-day. So the board speaks to the day-to-day by protecting that. Here are these the things like managing risk and managing people and managing programs, managing money, In all of those areas, the board creates protective boundaries that says, don't go beyond these. Frankly, we've boards have been thinking about this for a long time, but originally when these ideas came out 40 years ago, they didn't include some of the things that need to be protected today. Think about IT security. 40 years ago, IT security was not on the radar screen, a need that needed to be protected. Now, how does the board speak into that? So the board speaking into that and saying, executive, don't go outside these bounds. And the, the executive now actually engaging, creating operational policies and then engaging the resources they need to engage to actually implement things like IT security or industrial security. So they are aligned that the board doesn't tell them how to do it. The board says, here are boundaries not to go beyond. Again, what, what have you seen to go terribly wrong? 
Yeah, again, well-intentioned board members that don't stop at the boundaries. Even if they've created boundaries, they can't almost stop themselves. That, that's one side. The other side that I would say is maybe even almost more prevalent is an executive that has sort of failed, if you will, to step up to the management of this, that they either don't know how to, or mm -hmm. they don't see it as a priority. More often, they don't know how to. They're not wired to do that. And it becomes an, an open space. I often talk about this as an ecosystem. Thinking about how ecosystems get damaged is when either something's supposed to be, is there that's not supposed to be there, or something is missing. In this case, when the executive isn't stepping up to appropriately manage in an area, there's a vacuum and the board can often get sucked into actually uh, managing this, which ends up long-term being damaging because the board really isn't positioned to manage that. And if they manage it, sometimes the executive will just let that happen. And then long-term, because, because board members change, long-term, the organization is at risk. Absolutely. I've seen this very often, of course, particularly with people who switch into the board mm -hmm. roles or people who have been executives, powerful executives, who then start the next phase of their career. It is at times not easy for them not to do it because they know how to do it. They might have done it in the past. So I hope that our listeners find your model helpful in thinking about these roles. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. And what is this third pair? Yeah, the third pair is something that really hasn't existed in governance frameworks up to this point. And that is a do role for the board as well as a do role for the executive. The executive always has had this, here's what I do. And that is to accomplish this work. But board members have, frankly, never had a defined do role. In fact, they had roles, what they should be doing when they were in the boardroom. But one of the problems that's existed is back to that person that moved from an executive role into a board role is that they're used to doing things and they feel like they should be doing something and that they have this, this energy to want to do something. So what I now have observed is we need to give them a do role. And so the do role for the board now is when they're not sitting around the boardroom table is to either metaphorically or really wear the organization around on their lapel so that every conversation they have can end up being about this, about the organization on which they're in the board. They can start to make that visible. They can help in the nonprofit world. They can help make asks more successful in the for-profit world that they can be looking for uh, ways to have the challenges that the organization is facing be able to be addressed. So both have a do role, but they're aligned. The organization, or the, excuse me, the board's role do role is to enable the work where the executive's do role is to accomplish the work. No, fantastic. I hope that it helps to structure and help to set the right boundaries at board level because certainly a lot of conflicts arise from not being clear enough about these roles and creating this alignment. Yeah, I, I want to add one more thing to that is not only a lot of uh, dysfunction, but a lot of lack of effectiveness as well. Effectiveness is lost. Yeah. So let's talk about the bright side of it. Let's look what really good looks like. If we go again through the pairs you created, what does good really look like? And what makes it then so good? 
Yeah. What good looks like when there are clear roles and those roles are really defined. Because really what's come out of actually applying this for many years now uh, with organizations is what's been lacking is effectiveness. That the board and the executive team, because they didn't have these roles clear, have been spending tons of time negotiating, if you will, real time, these relationships. They were sort of stumbling over them in the dark. And in fact, what we know now is that what good looks like is when this alignment allows them to now put their energy towards actually accomplishing the work of the organization. And so what good looks like is when this alignment is really happening, when both the board and the executive understand and are disciplined to these roles, and when they start to see effectiveness start to increase. That even starts to impact the stakeholders because stakeholders, whether they are the people who donate to an organization, they are the people who own stock in an organization, they are the people that are impacted by the work of the organization, that in every case, when the organization is actually spending its real time negotiating these things rather than understanding these roles, now everybody loses when that's not happening. The donors aren't getting as much outcome for the donations they've made. The shareholders aren't getting as much return on their investment. So good looks like effectiveness. Maybe let's go through again these pairs one more time and describe for each pair what good really looks like. Yeah. So remember that the board's the board's roles are to direct, protect, and enable. The executive's roles are to lead, manage, and accomplish. And the ordered pairs are directing and leading, both thinking about the future. So when we're thinking about the future, good looks like the board really leaning into engaging outwardly, engaging with its stakeholders to understand what is the how is the environment in which they're working changing over time? How are the challenges changing so that they can appropriately be adjusting that direction. And the executive can now understand that the board really is keeping their eye outward and the executive can be focusing on leaning into understanding what the board is giving them as direction and now putting together the three to five year plans that really accomplish that. So that that good is there. Good around the, the second pair is that the board is defining what is safe? What's the safe area? What it, what will keep this organization safe and protect the money who they are managing? Because in, fa- in fact, that's one of the keys. In every case, when there's a board, that organization is managing somebody else's money. They're managing the stockholders' money. They're managing the donors' money. Uh, they're managing the taxpayers' money. They are protecting uh, good looks like the, the people whose money they're managing is protected and the work is getting done. People who are doing the work feel comfortable that they know what the boundaries are. They know where we're going. And finally, in that do role, that pair, that both know what their job is when they're not sitting around the boardroom table. The board is not being tempted to drop into the organizational things, the operational things, because they have a job already. They have a role to do. And that's really being outward focused. So there's not as much opportunity. And in every case, if the board isn't doing all of these things, those things that aren't getting done, a very busy executive is going to have to try to figure out how to do. In the same way, if an executive isn't doing these things, a board is going to be drawn into doing things that isn't best for the organization to try to do, to try Mm -hmm. to fill in the gaps that an executive isn't filling. 
So what can executives and non-executives really do to maintain this alignment? Well, first, they have to attain this. And to attain this is really evaluating, taking a clear look. Are we really, eva- are we really aligned to go through, do the hard work to actually now get themselves aligned and to develop the tools that document that alignment. In the past, before alignment, we just had policies. For years, governance has been about policies. In fact, we've called it policy governance at times. And we were concluding that what was really needed was policies or what was really missing was policies. Actually, what we know now through this work is that what's really missing is alignment and the policies come after that to make sure that that alignment is documented And through that documentation of alignment, now there's a way to maintain it over time. So I actually call that staying aligned, that there are a series of things that organizations that have boards do every year to keep themselves aligned. Alignment between the board and its stakeholders, alignment between the board and the executive, alignment between board members where the board members remind themselves what their role is and commit to that and commit to keeping each other accountable to that. But it is active discipline is what it takes over time. Great. And what are, in your view, the three things our listeners should take away from this podcast? Yeah. Number one, that alignment always comes before effectiveness. We can't become effective and then get aligned. That alignment comes before effectiveness. That for alignment, there have to be clear roles for both. You can't align something that doesn't exist. So we have to have roles for both that we can align now. And understanding that this is an act of discipline of being defining these and then over time, making sure that you are being disciplined through this role and keeping each other disciplined to these roles. Fantastic. And thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boss podcast series. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. How can we help you and your board to become more effective? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. Get in touch. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.